Welcome to the Art Burrito Podcast with Jason Wilkins. Life, art, marketing, and all the deliciousness in between. Here we go. Oh, so weird. This is so weird. Just <laughs> <laughs> like working, we're going. This is on. It's on, like it's recording right now. Yep. It's on, Wilkins. It's on. It's totally wow. on. So this isn't nice. gonna. This isn't actually costing you a fortune, right? You were able to figure out how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Figuring it out how to do it. Yeah. No. It it would be the same. I have an international Skype plan, so for like twenty bucks a month, I can basically call. Okay. Um, phone, phone numbers anywhere, so it's essentially free. Wicked. It is okay. wicked. Like, I remember like ten years ago living in Dublin, thinking it was amazing that I could like use my cell phone to like call my computer to make it call a Canadian number over Skype. Now it's easy. Anyway. Yeah, that's awesome. It's beautiful. So. So you can can you you can hear me okay? Because I have my see, I'm still trying to. I'm still trying to navigate this whole like route, uh, the whole remote um, podcast thing. So, just want to. It make seems sure good. Everybody. You're a bit quiet. Normal. You're quite a quiet, quiet man. Quiet. <laughs> I like the. Yeah, yeah. You gotta get. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay, everybody. This is episode twenty-nine. Twenty-nine wow. of the Art Burrito podcast. Yeah. Congrats, man. Thanks. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. it's it's been fun and. Uh, I don't think I would do it if it wasn't fun. I wouldn't keep doing it if it wasn't fun. So it'd be and, really uh, weird if you did. Yeah, it would be, <laughs> wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I have a podcast. I hate it, but I do it I really every week. I really don't like doing it, but hey, here we are. Hey, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it's another miserable time with Jason Wilkins. <laughs> <laughs> um, so everybody, uh, this is Michael Moritz. Uh, yeah. Michael and I have known each other. I'm so. I'm not mm. even sure. So Five I came years? back to yeah, I think that's about well, I came back to Peterborough from Toronto in 2013. Right. And I think it was maybe six months after we got back, maybe a little longer that you Oh, I think it must it must have been, yeah. Because like I don't think white bulb was really up and running until well, we started in twenty thirteen. And then yeah, I would yeah, be yeah. surprised. Anyway, some so, years. Yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. And um, I was, I actually was writing questions down and I was like, okay, I remember, cause I have a horrible memory. Number one. Me too. So, so I, can't remember, I can't remember <laughs> shit like about anything. So we've just proven that by both of us not knowing when we met. Well, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and like the, it's the worst thing is when you can't remember like uh, anything about like your children's milestones or anything. Like I don't remember anything. Mm. So, um, but for some reason, for some reason, I remember um, when you, you reached out to me about, um, I even remember where I was sitting. It's so weird. Like, so you reached out to me about, uh, you're like, oh, I saw your stuff. Uh, We should totally meet up. Um, I think I have a project. And then uh, I was like, oh my God, that's before I really like started like getting right back into my art stuff. Um, Okay. Because we had just come back. And um, I was just kind of getting like, fired up again. And then uh, I don't yeah. remember what the, our first project was, but I'm like, oh, my God. I like, was going to uh, ask you. Like <laughs> yeah. An, yeah, like an animation 
an animation company wants to talk to me and, and like uh it was really like it was really exciting and then we met at um and then it was all downhill from there oh yeah right yeah <laughs> The rest of the relationship was just shit, but you know. Yeah, yeah, you really <laughs> <disappointed>. <laughs> uh, No, um, we should probably get some context though about like what we're talking about. Because right. why don't why don't could I could I tell the story and then please, and then please because you I saw you doing something at Riley's. It was a video thing. You were doing graphic facilitation. Is that what they called it then? Graphic facilitation. Yeah, so I was. So I was for for um uh, Neil yeah. Morton. Yeah, that's right. And who the other. There's two people involved. There's Neil yeah, and that's um uh Oops, sorry, I shouldn't have done that to you. Nope. Neil and that no, awesome okay. person. <laughs> I can't you remember who it so was stupid either. Stupid about this is I know. Oh my god, that's horrible. Anyway, it wasn't the guy from checks, was it? Um, yeah. Yes. It was. And I see yeah, him. I forget... Oh, um, Mike. Oh, this is really bad <laughs> because you know what? I see him every day on Instagram. Should we cut and stuff? <laughs> he drives a motorcycle i saw him in a play <laughs> out in ennismore once he showed up on a motorcycle wearing his his news like broadcasters like he'd just come yeah. from work and he rode out there on his motorcycle and then goes on to perform in this play and then motorcycles back like a rock star to peterborough and i was just like okay that guy's living the dream <laughs> like i don't no, know no, him. this is, this is ridiculous i don't remember but anyway yes that was <laughs> That was, so I was doing that for a bit. Yeah. And that was, that was a freebie that I was doing kind of just to like, like get into it. Right. And uh, yeah, that ended up doing some cool things, including meeting you. Well, that's right. Cause I had been doing the animation thing for a few years and I'd been looking for a graphic facilitator and certainly not looking in Pete for a graphic facilitator. Cause that was just like a no brainer. Like obviously nobody's doing that in, in Peterborough. Um, and then I just saw you on Neil Morton's feed doing exactly what I was looking for. And I think the first project we did was for the hospital, it was for Pierre. Hello? <laughs> did you just disappear? I think you just disappeared. Hi, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Art Burrito. I'm Jason Wilkins. <laughs> no, Jason, I can't hear you anymore. Hmm. The timer's still going. The host is connected. What is this? I think I'm back. We're back. And what it's happened? Mike and it's Mike Judson. <laughs> yeah. Did he just message you and say, How dare you? <laughs> or no, like, this no, is no, live, no. Is it? no, yeah. no, it's not live. No. Um, yeah, Mike Judson. Yeah. yeah. Super um, impressive. And that's okay if we cut in and out because I'll just kind of like slice it together. You know what? People can just suck it up. It's like the end of the world. So, you know, it is. Yeah, definitely. Um, what happened, though, so that we can try to avoid it happening again? I don't know. You just cut out. Oh, you just cut out on my end. OK. Oh, That's we weird. Both, we both cut out. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. So. <laughs> so pick it up where I, we left you off. You know what I think? I think you just hung up on me, but that's cool. Whatever. Well, <laughs> I wouldn't put it past myself. No. <laughs> Um, okay, um, so yes, you go because you had a be you have a better better memory than I do about that probably anyway. That would be such a joke, my God. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, people ask me, like, I did I tell you about the root canal thing where I went into a dentist to say I need a root canal, and they were like, "Have you ever had a root canal before?" And I said, "No." And they're like, 
okay, so they x-rayed my mouth and they're like, oh, you have had a root canal before. See, here it is in the x-ray. And I was like, I don't, I don't think I have. And they're like, no, you clearly have. I can't remember getting a root canal. What is supposed to be a very painful procedure, I don't have a memory of it. It's just gone. So my memory's worse than yours. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. We could fight over this one for sure. Um, sorry, go ahead. Talking about what are we going to fight about? I don't know. Um, so we met. Yeah. So I'd started White Bulb, which is a Peterborough-based animation company, and yeah. we were working with a few different illustrators who hadn't really done the the kind of thing that whiteboard videos are are based on, which is essentially graphic facilitation, the ability to hear something really quickly and draw something that represents it, and especially like displaying metrics. And I saw you doing that in Riley's of all places in this like live video podcast yeah. um, context. And then, uh, yeah, I contacted you and we, we met at Black Honey and I told you about a project that I had coming up. Um, and then, yeah, we worked together on several projects, 10 projects, I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna ballpark that it's about 10. Some small, but some pretty big. Oh yeah, 100%, yeah. And um, um, seven. Sorry, I'm not being a dick. I, I should probably not try and cut you off considering this connection is pretty feeble. Um, yeah, 100%. I'll, I'm with you on that. Um, and then I moved in. Basically, I was like, I moved in with you, like into your studio space. Professionally, you moved in. I did. Yeah, it yeah. Was, yeah you didn't impress me that much. You weren't, you weren't, you didn't, <laughs> we weren't living. Um, no. But no. Right. You had a, we had a, a co-working space at like the corner of King and I'm sorry, corner of Charlotte and George street. Yep. And yeah, you had the, uh, the first hot desk. You were the first permanent hot desker. That's right. How was and that, that was for a, you? No, I was going to say that's a really, it was super exciting for me too, because that was at a point where I was like transitioning. I was doing some like digital marketing for somebody and then, um, Oh yeah. Yeah, and then it, so then I started doing a little bit of that for you, sort of, and then, um, and then I ended up going to Birch Bark to do. Oh yeah, marketing. yeah. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. Yeah, no, it was yeah. nice. I don't think I ever knew where you were at in your path. I saw you as an artist who was like firmly established, and then it was only after we started talking that I realized that you had kind of come back to it, and that you'd sort of more recently decided to embrace your yeah path and that was really interesting to me because you just presented as such a professional and like so capable that i just never believed it when you told me oh wow yeah, i'm just fluffing you up here so, jesus <laughs> thanks for inviting me to your web web thing whatever this is called <laughs> you're amazing keep going. Keep, no keep yeah. going this is good yeah like like super hot <laughs> super hot you're so, you you fight for your friends do you remember that time that you like nearly called on that guy that like cut the corner too fast do you remember that we were oh, yeah <laughs> you're so vicious um yeah that, that was, was awesome yeah i basically threw you out of the way of that car i think oh that's right that's not what happened no no you know, tell, <laughs> yeah. tell, 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 we're walking back to the office we're not even 10 steps away from the front door and some car pulls a right-hand turn on a red light. I see that it's going to happen. So just to like make the point of how close they were to killing me, I put my hand out to just touch their car as they went by. And they slammed on their brakes, and the guy got out of the driver's side. And instead of you following what I was doing, which was ignoring the person because I'd already made the point, you turned to him and you were just like, you got a fucking problem, buddy? And I was like, what are you, what are you doing? 
so close to our office. Like maybe if we're like, oh, anyway, <laughs> they will know where we work. Anyway, yeah, that was fine. Yeah, I'm so tough, right? Yeah, I'm so tough. That's what I was trying to say. You're tough. You get you get everything. You want. Anyway, oh uh, god, um, you're regretting. Yeah, so no, this is this is exactly what I wanted. Um, <laughs> uh, no, to be all kidding aside, like the time that we did all the all the projects together, it was a blast. Like, and I also it was I learned a ton because I hadn't really done really much animation at all so you're right you're you were really good at like basically like okay so i'm going to send you i remember you saying like sending these long emails like okay now i'm going to send you um my chicken scratches and then and then you go from there and you do your thing right and i remember and i remember thinking each actually you did it for every project and i remember saying this is awesome because um like i'm super visual so even those little things help and Right. Like I never got that from, from anything else I had done where people were like, you know, here, I'm going to help you out to do that. Right. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's kind of funny because what you're describing is micromanagement, but you're saying it as though it's a good thing. You're like, it, was, it was great. You told me what you In, wanted to do and then you did no. most of it for me. And then you forced me to do exactly what you couldn't do. Um, no, I'm, I, it's, it's a In fine line. Case, right? It was really good. No, it really I worked. It is. I think it is. And I've done that with other artists as well. Like it, but there's a certain line, like, for example, with voiceover actors, I have a really hard time when I give them a line reading, when I like respond back and I say, OK, I like the take you did. But with this sentence, it needs to sound like this. And I'll just perform it for them. With that, I feel like it's a bit offensive. It's like, yeah, you've studied this craft. And here's me telling you that I'm right and you're wrong. Right. So it's certain industries, <laughs> certain departments. Uh, yeah, you got to watch it. But yeah, but it's, a, it's, a, it's set you up good for being a dad, right? Then you're like, uh, then you're, that's now you're true. like, okay, now I, now I know how to talk to, you know, now I know, now how, I know how to, to tell my child what to do. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We've been practicing no. saying, uh, may I have something please. And it's, it's been pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. He's so cute. And like, uh, it's weird because you sent me the picture after we were talking on Facebook and I'm like, oh my God, like, I don't even understand it. Like I even look at Callie now, I'm like, where does the time even go? Yeah, you've been gone now. You've been gone now for three years, right? Three years. Yes. Yes. We should contextualize this. Let me just do it like yes. a one minute. See if I can do this. So uh, my name is Michael Moritz. I run a, an animation company. It started in Peterborough. Jason was one of the artists that came on board and developed some of our bigger projects sort of between 2016 and 2018. I would say you also brought in mm -hmm. your own projects. That was amazing when you could come to me and be like, Hey, I found this client. And then like, we were working on your projects. That was awesome. Um, and then in 2017, uh, my wife and I moved to Spain and we've been here ever since. That's yeah. the summary. That should have happened That's at the true. beginning of the episode. No, I'm glad you did that. <laughs> yeah. Hey everybody. Hey everybody. Michael's in Spain right now. Right. Well, welcome <laughs> to Peterborough. That's right. Obviously. Oh, we're so bad at this. Yeah, you're right. Sorry, you're probably better at this than I should give you credit. No, for. this is how it develops. I like it. No, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Is this how it works? People don't find it yeah. annoying that we don't set it up beforehand. Like, it's pretty. Hey, hey, listen, they can turn they can turn this thing off right now. Don't. Say, this is your audience. <laughs> don't, don't say that. 
That's like me saying um, in the first paragraph of a video, like, are you interested in watching this video? If not, fuck off. If you do, yeah. keep watching. Yeah, we don't do that. Uh, by this so, point, I'm usually drunk anyway. So. Oh, yeah. Are you drinking right now? No, I have a coffee. It's 1030 in the morning. I isn't that, that part of your... Yes, you can. Isn't it like... No. Everybody does that, don't they? I mean, I could. I guess everyone's day drinking now anyway. That's what I was trying to say, but I, then I, I stopped myself short because I don't know. <laughs> and I don't want to be the guy who's in Spain being like, Canada's that, getting drunk some, right now. I don't know. Okay, well, some people are. It's true. Sure. You could go by Spanish um, time right now because it's 4.25. So you could just say. Oh, is well, it? Yeah, for oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so let's talk about that. So let's talk about. Time changes. Um, so Sir Sanford Fleming, who lived yeah. in Peterborough for two years, invented oh, the system of time zones. <laughs> that's what you meant, right? Yeah. Go ahead, yeah. Yeah, we can just let that we can go that route. Yeah, you want to talk history? So Hutchison House yeah. on Brock Street in Peterborough was for Oh, I love the Hutchison House, by the yeah. way. Okay, good. I'm glad. Yeah. yeah. That's where yeah. Sir Sanford Fleming lived for two years before he proposed to the Queen of England the system of time zones, which we now follow all around the world. See, that's no one knew that. Any, yes, it's, a, it's, it's on a historical plaque in Sir Sanford Fleming Park in Peterborough. <laughs> Fine, some people knew that. I didn't know that. That's great. Okay. I took, I took life drawing in there. It's a beautiful building. Um, wow. Okay, so you're, you're, let's, okay, so why did you go to Spain? <laughs> I don't think I can give all those answers, but I think we started uh, some, getting a little. Some, give some. I'll give some. We started getting a little bit concerned about um, this, well, no, I don't know. It's, it's hard. The Trump election was pretty wacky. Um, yeah. I, I was okay with some Trudeau stuff, but then I saw that some of the promises that that couldn't be upheld really did affect me emotionally. I was kind of sick mm -hmm. of things not changing in certain areas. Um, but that's not to say that I have, you know, that I have the solutions or anything. Like, I totally understand, like, that I don't know a lot more than I do know. So, I don't know. We just felt a combination of unsettledness in Canada and a bit of worry that we were going to get too old to follow dreams that we knew kind of took us on an international route. And so the plan was uh, come to southern Spain, where there's like a pretty strong tradition of like Moorish architecture. The Moorish is like a racist term, basically, but that's what the history books still say. But basically, like like um, Muslims, when they lived in the south of most of Europe, uh, left left marks and those, those buildings stay, stay, they're still here. And so we came here because my wife is, a, is an artist and designer and she works in that tradition. And then the plan was that we were gonna wander our way over several years um, from Spain to Turkey, maybe through Iran, down to Afghanistan, Pakistan, and end up in Northern India where we would die. That was kind of the plan. Oh. And and then, well, you know what I mean. Like, yeah. That's where we would end our lives. That's, 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 that's where we would like come to rest. Yes, got you know, it, like, got as eighty-year-olds. Yes, you know, yes, yes, That was the target. Yeah. Um, but then we had a child, so that just stopped everything. So now we're just in southern Spain, um, trapped during the coronavirus pandemic, which is fine. We all got to die sometime. Whatever. Yeah. So yeah, it's fine. So, uh, so talk about that. So how how did that unfold? So. Because I know the state of things here now are like, obviously everywhere, not amazing, but I know there's lockdowns, they're more 
severe in some areas. So, so you're, what's it like there? Like as far as what you can and can't do kind of thing. Oh, like the restrictions. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. So March 12th, they kind of went somewhere between lockdown and martial law in Spain. They declared a state of, of uh, we would say a state of emergency. Um, it's not exactly martial law, but it's like, extremely stern penalties if you break the rules yeah. and uh, the rules are you can go to the grocery store, you can go to the pharmacy, you can go to the post office, you can go to the newsstand because interestingly enough, the place where you buy the news here is at newsstands, which are these standalone buildings on sidewalks. Yeah. So that's where the newspapers are sold. And maybe a few others, you can go to hospitals obviously and, and doctor's offices. And Everything else was shut down, even like buildings that have rooftops where you hang your laundry. Like if you're found hanging out there, it's a thousand dollar fine. Um, three offenses, you get big, big charges. So uh, we started self-isolating March 2nd. We went out on March 8th, the day of um, International Women's Day March, um, where we saw hundreds of thousands of people going down the street shoulder to shoulder. Uh, two days after that, the cases in Spain spiked massively. Oh, wow. Um, because they're, they're saying because Spain didn't kind of, they're, they're sort of blaming it on that. But, you know, we saw that. It was pretty insane because we're like, oh, aren't we supposed to all be not breathing on each other? Those people look like they're breathing on each other. Yeah. And then the cases started to skyrocket. But, I mean, now the skyrocketing we saw here is nothing compared to what they've seen in England and and certainly not in what they've seen in the country south of Canada. So, it's um, we, we were up to a thousand dying a day. We have 200,000 confirmed cases right now. About 400 are dying every day in Spain. The wow. south is a bit better. Um, but our son was not able to go outside in seven weeks until yesterday. So yesterday was the first time our two-year-old son could go outside, which if you do the math, that's a twelfth of his life has already been spent in confinement. <laughs> Wow. But he's fine. He's yeah. fine. And it's fine. I laugh because it's okay. Not because I'm some sicko who likes uh, entrapping people. Um, it's just, he's doing well with it. He's young enough that he can adapt and we're okay with it. Cause you know, we can, we wouldn't have decided to do the traveling we're doing if we couldn't stand to be in the same space yeah. with each other. So, well, yeah. Um, but I mean, I'm even finding with Callie cause how old is Theo again? Well, if you remember 35 seconds ago, I was saying he's two years old. <laughs> I'm just you know what? Asshole. You know what um, happened? He's two years old. I got a, you I didn't got listen. A, no, I got a phone call and it, I, it cut out, I think. Um, oh, I see. I'm sorry. sorry. So this, when you listen back to this podcast, you're going to be like, holy shit, Jason. Um, but, okay. So, um, yeah. So with Callie, because she's, you know, coming up to, to being four. So she's now, she's kind of like, you know, we're in my daycare friends, you know, like, you know, why can't yeah. I, go, why can't I go into a store? Why oh yeah. I, like things like that where, but she's equally as happy to have us home. So yep. um, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a roller coaster a little bit. Cause some days if it's crappy out, you don't want to go anywhere. And then, but, but then you kind of force yourself to get out anyway, just because. So we're lucky here to kind of have, for now anyway some of those freedoms where we can still kind of like like i'm at i'm at the studio now so i was able to come out and you know there's a few people right. walking around, a few people walking around but it is um nice. 
it is a bizarre thing. Like, especially downtown here, you know, like it's usually pretty busy and there's stuff going on all the time. It's like same as Toronto. Yeah. You see pictures of Toronto. It's just haunting. Like, Wow. Yeah. yeah, I saw a few that were just empty streets and they're like, you know, Bloor Street near the ROM. It's like totally empty. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it's, I assume that's what it looks like here. I don't know because I've only gone to the grocery store seven times in two months. That's the extent of my going outside. So yeah, I just assume it looks deserted in the historic center here. Um, but yeah, yeah, you just don't but you know. Have a, but you have a patio. We have a very small um, balcony. Yeah. Um, and we built Theo a little uh, a little room out here so that he can play. Um, oh, awesome. Using foam that uh, we had from before and some, uh, I don't know, some wooden wall things that we got when he, when he needed a little internal play area. So, yeah, he can finally go, like, outside for fresh air. But that only came to be about two and a half weeks ago. Yeah. Um, because it was, we just didn't think it was possible. But then one day it was like, okay, enough is enough. This kid needs some sun. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Do you guys have yeah. AC? Do you have yeah, AC we do. Things? Yeah. Okay, good. I was yeah. thinking as things, I mean, it's probably pretty warm there, like year round. But as we get closer to to um, summer, summer, yeah, yeah. that is a huge concern here because it gets up to forty-five degrees for like basically two and a half months of the year, maybe even three. Here, it's. Um, it'll sort of regularly go over 40 and sort of spike at 45, 47. I've experienced 47, which is pretty cool. Wow. Um, What's it? Um, so when you go to the, so here, just for some context, like when I go to the grocery store here, um, it's, it's like super tense. So there's, we have like the, there's stickers on the sidewalks and in the stores. So you yeah. stand, like, stand like, you know, six feet apart from everybody. And you get like this cut eye from, people right like you're walking around <laughs> if, you, if you're like slightly just slightly too close or like they're just and 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 it's even been in, sort of in the news here with like people are like doing crazy shit like at the, at the grocery store or wherever people are out um and that part of it kind of freaks me out like if if things get too much more locked down what's kind of going to be the the climate of things like with yeah like, behavior and like What's it, what is it like there? Do people just kind of duck in and out and that's it? That's all you're allowed to do sort of thing? Well, I mean, the grocery store is the place where they're trying to maintain some of the former normality. So um, it's, you know, you line up outside. It takes an hour to get in. Well, no, actually, it, it's moving quicker now. But uh, it takes a while to get into the grocery store. Uh, you go in, you have to put hand sanitizer on. You have to be wearing a mask. You have to put gloves on. The the crazy thing is it's only um, one meter or three feet and some amount of centimeters, uh, 10, I think, um, between people, which is not enough. <laughs> That's no, like, not. no, it's, it's like not enough. Right so, behind somebody. Exactly. Right. It's like when you tell two actors to get closer together during a close up shot and they're like, oh, this doesn't feel natural because they haven't done a lot of camera work. And you're like, oh, no, this is exactly how close ups are done. It's like that's 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 basically at three meters when people start feeling un or sorry three feet that's basically when people start feeling uncomfortable so yeah that's that's a bit annoying so they've got a lot of like protocols but like i think six feet should be the absolute minimum but you know whatever um and here there's a very big cultural difference and i was going to put a sticker up on the wall that says don't talk about culture during this podcast so i'm not going to talk about culture but 
I will just quickly say here, there isn't so much a culture of like observing other people, judging other people, caring about other people. So I, I think we're spared a lot of what you've just described. Um, okay. Cause it's just, people don't give a fuck. It's like, whatever you're doing is none of my business. I don't care. You, you know, that thing that sometimes happens where like some dude is like walking down the street shirtless in Canada and like 16 people yell at the window. I don't need to see that. Right. You know, that, that kind yeah. of, yeah, that, that is, that is so weird from an international standpoint. Like the fact that what someone else is doing could incite you emotionally to have that kind of response. I just don't think that exists in many places or maybe it does, but for completely oh, different man. reasons. Like it's just so, nice. it is nice. I have to admit it is really nice to live in a place where like, you don't feel like anyone's looking at you and you don't feel like, compelled to look at other people. Like yeah, people are actually but, like minding their business. Yeah. That is nice. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I don't understand why it's different in Canada. I have theories, but they start sounding pretty weird. So I'm going to not talk about them. Um, but yeah, the grocery <laughs> store is fine. They, they keep the numbers down. After a while, I was really happy. I think Spain should be proud of itself for how it handled its supply chain. Because after the first few weeks of like hoarding and all that stuff, like they looked at the numbers and went, okay, in order to provide what people are getting and what people need, we need to change all of this stuff. And very rapidly they adjusted. And so we don't have shortages like we did before. And I'm gathering that in England, they're still like short on flour and, and like basic staple foods, yeah. lentils, stuff like that. I don't know what it's like in Canada. Yeah. yeah. Same here. So we, of course, at the beginning, like everywhere else, like the toilet paper thing was ridiculous. Um, mm -hmm. And then, uh, I ordered it when it first happened. I'm like, oh, I should order some off Amazon. And I paid a ridiculous amount off Amazon. And right. it took forever to get to us. <laughs> and, uh, and, then, and then by the time, so now, of course, everything's stocked up. Um, but right. same for baking supplies. Like I'm noticing that's the one thing that's missing is there's like rice and baking supplies are still pretty sparse. Like you can't wow. really find them. Okay. Um, but um, overall, like, so now what they're seeing is people are getting too comfortable and, um, and I've even noticed it myself. So now that people have kind of calmed down a bit, they're getting a little too comfortable when they're out. Right. And, um, and so now numbers in town, like we got a, we had a spike of 12 people yesterday. Oh my it God. sounds silly, but for, but for Peterborough, like we have no, that's 50 huge. cases. That's we, huge. Yeah. We had 50 cases like a week ago and now we're at almost 80. Oh, um, no. So, but I think it's overall Ontario is, um, we're, we're, we're starting to get control of it, I think, but yeah, um, it is, uh, it is an insane time to be alive. Like this is, I mean, we'll be talking about this forever. Callie and Theo won't remember it, but they'll hear stories. And I just think it's just, uh, it's, it's so bizarre. And I think it's going to change the landscape of like a lot of things. So like, you know, people are going to realize, Hey, Maybe we don't need the overhead of an office. Maybe we can, uh, you know, we can work at home. Maybe we can do things differently. So that's, that's the kind of thing that, like, it's a horrible situation all around. But if you can find the positive as far as, like, finding new creative ways to do things, I think that's, these, those are the people that are going to win Yeah. Um, through all this, right? So Yeah, yeah absolutely. We're going to adapt. We're going to adapt yeah. and we're going to change. I, I mean, it's funny when you're like, when you describe it as like one of the most insane times of human history, you know, just for the sake of an interesting argument, I might propose that in fact, the time before 
this was the insane time because for most mm -hmm. of human history, we've had to deal with these invisible mystery illnesses that kill people randomly. Like I even remember like watching my grandfather wash his hands and I was like, why are you like so militant about how you wash your hands? And Mm -hmm. You know, I think that was at the tail end of the period where people were sort of conscious of this kind of stuff. So he didn't really do a good job of explaining it. Um, he's like up in heaven right now, cursing me out. And, you know, saying, no, thanks. Thanks. I tried. You idiot. You didn't listen. Um, but anyway, <laughs> yeah. I just, you know, I curse my ancestors when I'm on your radio show. But, you know, I think, you know, 1850s. 1920s like this kind of stuff has been pretty common uh, you can look back and you can see it we just got really really comfortable with like mm -hmm. flouting the rules and you could almost look at like intimacy culture like the whole like you know now we don't dance a meter apart we dance like grinding each other as almost like yeah. celebrating something that like used to exist for all human history but doesn't anymore but now it's back yeah. and like i don't know yeah. i think theo and cali will remember this period because I think it's going to go on for a long time and it's going to change their lives. And we'll have to change the narrative and say, when you were born, we didn't know about this stuff, but we've adapted. And now you know how yeah. to wash your hands and we're probably going to wear masks. And we all used to needlessly rent offices and go work together because community and, and all this stuff that, you know, yeah. we, it's great. I'm not saying it's bad, but I think we just didn't realize what it was in spite of. And I think it was in yeah. spite of unhealthy proximity to each other. So, well, yeah. And part, part of it is I weirdly have this in the back of my brain, kind of like this feels like somebody setting something straight. Like, um, I don't know what, I don't know what or if or whatever, but right. it feels like, okay, we got too far one way. Mm -hmm. Now it's like, okay, let's, let's make things right here. And, Again, horrible. It's 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 you know, it's it's a horrible situation. But I think like, uh, like for example, like the uh, over the Arctic, they were saying the ozone layer is repairing itself like at a crazy rate right now. Right. Um. So right. things like that, like uh, you know, if you can yeah. find any good in it, I think that's probably that's probably a good thing. There's always that tricky line too, where it's like, well, we all know what would be good for the planet is if human beings were basically like, you know, crippled yeah. to a really severe degree. Yeah. You know, just enough of us left to like undo the nuclear reactors and like tuck them away and maybe use yeah. the last of our fossil fuels to send radioactive material out into space, and like, and that's it. Um, obviously, yeah. obviously, you can't do that because if it explodes on the way up, then you've killed everybody. But yeah, no, I know what you mean. It seems like a great reckoning has come, right? To to borrow some apocalyptic yeah, terms. It feels like I, a little bit. I love how we've gone from like, yeah, we met in Peterborough, we were doing animations, and then we were like, yeah, people are dying, and literally we're now like using like um, Book of Revelations <laughs> apocalyptic language to describe how things are going. Yeah. No, the direction of this conversation is exactly what I was hoping for. Oh, is that yeah. right? You wanted to go into, uh, yeah. in the middle of this, I wanted to be just like, so like, how are the art burritos handling the whole quarantine? You know, just, you know, are you getting enough art burritos? Is the supply chain strong enough? But yeah, I mean, we're not talking much about art, but we are talking about different situations. So the thing that... No, this is not... Sorry, go ahead. No, this is not just my... No, no, I was going to say my podcast. Definitely not just about art, but... Uh, conversations about like if you any of the past ones have done like 
yeah, there's been some weird conversations. Okay. Much weirder than this, believe me. I only <laughs> I, I, I intended to listen to your most recent ones because I wanted to hear if any bridges had already been crossed on the subject of the coronavirus. Some of those were some of those are pretty normal, but I've done some. Yeah, there's been weird ones, okay. which is good. That's I, what I want. I, I yeah. only ended up listening to one with John Climenhage, which did a fantastic job of making me feel a hundred percent nervous about doing this podcast because that man is so articulate <laughs> and so calm and so well composed. I was just like, it took you me did a good job, right? Oh my Lord. I was listening. Yeah. I'm just like, Oh, of course, John Clement Hayes is a perfect podcast guest. I've got, <laughs> I've got podcast guest envy right now. Yeah, no, yeah, no, that was really good. I've had, I've been lucky to have a few, like people usually get on here and they're pretty nervous and then they loosen up. And then um, we have some like, yeah, there's some really good conversations on here. Yeah, that's um, good. He started. And the whole, the whole point of it. Yeah. What's that oh, you said he started loose. I wanted to like add that. Oh, yeah. And that's right. He did. He came out of the gates just on fire. <laughs> that's right. No, no. I know. Just on water, man. He was loose. <laughs> I know. <laughs> he was relaxed. Yeah. Um, but I do have, okay, so I know you're, you're sort of big into conspiracy theory stuff. Oh, no. Jason, please don't. This is a public podcast. Um, yes, go ahead. I might, no, no, no. I might surprise you. No, this one, this one is 100%. This is one that's safe. Okay, I just heard it, okay? Mm-hmm. So... They're saying, and you, you may not even have heard of this, I don't okay. know, um, but they're saying that the virus, okay, it was engineered basically to keep people indoors, mm-hmm. okay? Um, the reason for that being that um, uh, the sun apparently is going to give off a burst of, a, it's going to be a mile long, um, and it's going to take out satellites. And it's going to, you know, the banks, everything's going to be kind of in shambles. Mm-hmm. And they want, they knew this a year or so in advance. <laughs> they wanted people, they wanted people in, the government wanted people inside. Okay. Um, so that there wasn't like immediate, like mass looting and like people on the streets creating. That's, like, that's yeah. reverse logic. Because obviously um, if there was a solar flare that knocked out the power grid, everybody would go out and loot. So that's, that's, that yes, but sense. I think that what they're saying is like people would be indoors, like, so that, you know, they, they wouldn't just be incited into panic. Just because, but they will because like we, they would, they were there. Yeah. Okay. So this is what I want to hear. You, you want to hear me destroy the stupidity of things like this? Yeah. Okay. Well, sort of. I wanted to hear your take. Oh, on that's, because, that's a nicer yeah, way to say it. Sure. Is this a solar flare? Is it, <laughs> is it a solar flare they're, they're predicting and they knew about it a year ago? Is that, is that what you're? Yeah. Okay, so solar flares are regularly yes. it was either that. hundreds of miles long. Okay. Solar flares aren't like a mile right. long. A solar flare is like, look look up solar flares. I should have done it before I give this answer because I haven't, I, I'm, I can't reference something here. But look up how large solar flares are. They tend to be extremely massive. <laughs> and all my Star Trek, all, all my fellow Star Trek fans out there will, will agree with me when I say sometimes a solar flare is large enough that the USS Voyager can pass through it in the credit sequence. Um, but... <laughs> yeah. uh, Okay, so there's that. So what is the logic here? People get confined. They're forced to live off of the power grid way more than they ever did before. The internet becomes their sole means of distraction and everything. They're fed panic daily. And then what? A flare knocks out the power grid and all telecommunications go down and people aren't going to panic? Seems to me like the logic would be they would panic because everything that they've been left with would be gone. So if I wanted to make the the conspiracy theory worse, I I would say it's been designed to make us all kill each other by putting us in a pressure cooker before the bad thing happens. But see, this is why you shouldn't ask me these questions. No, this is, again, (laughs) exactly what I want. It's not case talk. It's not case talk. 
No, you've had some good ones. We've we've had some good chats. Yeah, there. but I, I can't put it on like a public oh, podcast. Like, like no, that's no, okay. nobody that's okay. loathes just, me I, more than I loathe myself, right? So the idea of hearing me spout my shit on your podcast and then listening back to it and going, oh my God, 40 people heard that or however many people people listen to your podcast um, is horrifying to me. So if maybe we should. No, there, we, yeah. we, no that's okay. We'll, we'll, be, we'll wrap that up, but for sure there was like we had some conversations about like aliens and uh, we did we had some really interesting conversations about what was out there and what could be this situation seems a bit uh, people are dying literally families are dying um a lot of young people are dying like the whole idea that it only affects old people is nonsense it's hitting 20 to 40 percent of people between 20 and 35 with the same kinds of symptoms as elderly people tend to get 50% of the time. So it's like, that is not a big enough difference to call this an old person disease. Families are, are being like destroyed. You know, I read about a nurse who yeah. in England who said, I'm terrified I'm going to die. And not only did she die, but her 20 year old son died. Like it's happening. And I just feel, oh I feel God. like the whole, like, Oh, it's been engineered. It's like this fun pastime that like, you know, we can right. we can entertain ourselves with and it's i don't know i think it's very dangerous let's deal with what we've got yeah. on the ground and then when it's all said and done we can talk about how they hired stanley kubrick to film it and it was all a hoax <laughs> but exactly for, yeah regardless how it got here yeah here. yeah exactly yeah yeah that's yeah. that's true yeah. too yeah yeah there was one conspiracy. so okay oh, go so, ahead you go ahead no no, no go ahead no no you no, go no. you go <laughs> um so we'll jump. Okay. We'll, jump. we'll leave that behind. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry, um, I probably ruined it. So, so tell me what. No, okay, good. Not. So tell me what um, what you're working on because you had um, so your filmmaker, animator, creative director. Uh, like so, what what kind of path are you on mm-hmm. now for that? Well, it's a weird time to, to talk about paths, but I am. Yeah, I am on a path. Um, Oh, I think Theo just came home from his walk. Hang on one second. You can you can be live on this sure. moment. Um, hello. Okay. How was your walk? Yes. Do you want to? Yeah. You went in the elevator. Do you want to <laughs> say hi, everybody? Hi, everybody. Oh, you're so good. Hi, hi Theo. Theo. Bye. Now he's getting showered in hand sanitizer. Um, okay, back to your question. Uh, path that I'm on. So yeah, we moved here, the animation company. Um, I was going to try and set it up here. It didn't really work out that way. It's very hard to start a business in another country, especially Spain, unfortunately. One thing that's wonderful about Canada that you should be so, so happy about is how easy it is to be self-employed. That's a big difference. Here, if you want to be self-employed, you essentially have to pay uh, $400, the equivalent of $400 every month to the government for the privilege of being self-employed. And then you have to double tax yourself. So um, oh, wow. you basically are paying a 40% tax rate and you're, um, oh, sorry. I just have to, I have to, cl- I just sat down in my office and I just got a notification from a crazy conspiracy theorist. And I need to just like, not look at that. Cause it's sad. It's sad when you watch your friends like completely, going through mental breakdowns because of the coronavirus. And I've got people being like, yeah, saying crazy stuff. Um, So I started doing um, small things, real estate photography. We were developing a documentary here about the history of the city because the city here is 
is has an incredible amount of history, really wonderful stuff. Um, and yeah. I was talking with a couple of academics out of um, the UK who focus here. It was really strange. We literally kept bumping into them in different cities. Like that's, that's pretty strange. Like to just bump into the same couple in like three different cities. And one of them was on like Northern Africa and like one of the, um, one of the, what do they call them? Principalities of Spain, like territory in, in Morocco that Spain has not returned. Uh, so then we were there and that's where we met one of them. Anyway, so we were talking about historical documentaries about this place, but it started to dawn on me that I was not the person to do that. Um, you know, sometimes an outsider's perspective can be really good, but not when they're leading the project. It's better if you're an outsider and you're asking questions. So the last documentary mm. that, the last piece of film work that I finished was the documentary about Don Frost, which came out in 2017, maybe 2018 actually. Um, he's a Peterborough or Lakefield based sculptor. Uh, and I did want to follow that up with a documentary, but I decided to put the brakes on the one here. And then I just started doing little stuff like brand design. I designed a company's entire branding portfolio, did all the photos, did all the marketing, got them a new logo, changed their name. And then they just went bankrupt because of the coronavirus. So that's kind of depressing. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. In one month, they went from having a new investor and expanding and having like fine banking situation and then uh bankrupt preemptive bankrupt because it was just like we are not going to survive another six months like this so we're going to pull the plug now so we can you know get out of here okay uh, so that was sad like watching a thing you created be destroyed but that's okay um yeah real estate photography and i'm in development right now with a company in india we're we're talking about doing a documentary there which i in which I would take a more inquisitive stance. I would ask questions because like religion is fascinating to me. And um, the, the religion in India is not one religion. It's so many. And like to wrap your head around the, the ways in which all the parts fit together, it, it requires two things like a surgeon's precision in terms of where you divide things up and also an understanding that things are going to contradict themselves. And that doesn't mean that either are invalid and it's, it's really challenging to do that. So I've partnered up with a production company in India to just pursue some of the myths and origin stories around one of the primary deities in, in Hinduism, Vishnu. But the form it will take is me asking questions and sort of presenting the piece as a as a internationally acceptable ex, uh, understandable format um and then having this company in india uh you know work with me to to materialize that so that's that's in talks right now so we're not going to die oh, in cool. india but we're gonna we're gonna certainly try and produce something yeah 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 it's, it's just really fascinating what would be different <laughs> what because you're i mean you're you're a really creative guy but you're also because when we worked together there was like project management like was it, you were insanely good at it and like you would spend so much time um like on the details which was it because I, I get bored so easily i jump around right. so much right. sometimes and i remember you i remember you come like me coming into the that shared space and you being like yeah i've basically been here like you know all night or going over a script or do you find 
there's a difference between like, say you get a script for an animation and, you know, or, or you have to develop one opposed to um, say a film or something like that. Like what, what, are the, what do you find you, you're liking more? Like which project do I like more, a documentary or a animation? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, like an animation kind of thing or documentary style. Mm. Um, hmm, that's a tough one. Well, first I wanna make two very small corrections. <laughs> Um, yeah. So I would say a good project manager probably wouldn't spend a lot of time on lots of details. I, I hope that I could solve those really quickly, but that's maybe just because I'm driving towards that. I really appreciate you saying that I'm a good project manager. Um, and I would very rarely oh, yeah. do an all-nighter. I would always go to bed and I would come into the office early. So once or twice, yes, I had okay. to sleep in the <laughs> office. That's I think when I was doing a grant and finishing an animation and it was just like, yeah, there just isn't enough time. I need 36 hours in one day. So I slept under my desk. Um, but most, most of the time it was go home for 11 and get back to the office at six, which is, I think, yeah. I mean, if you love what you do and I do love what I do, um, there's nothing wrong with that. But uh, so yeah. when someone comes to us with an animation and I do say us, cause it's always a, a collaboration. Um, the project is, it's seeking a structure. And it knows that it needs to be created, right? Like someone has said, hey, we need a video product that tells us this or says that. So there's always an end goal to shoot for. That makes it easier to put a lot of effort into that project. Something like a documentary can fall flat two months into pre-production. And so you have to rein in your energy a little bit and really investigate, okay, is this going to work? Do we have the research? Are we going to be able to say what we want to say without you know, perpetuating a lie or... I don't know. There's a thousand things to consider. Is this even possible to shoot? Yeah. Can we get permissions to shoot? So much of the pre-production for the Shape Maker documentary with Don Frost was spent arguing with this government building about whether we could get access to their building as an independent film crew. And they kept on quoting us like 5,000 an hour, or no, 5,000 a day, and then 500 an hour. And I was just like, listen, like this is an independent project. We need five basically photographs of a sculpture in your building. Yes, we need to rig up a dolly and it needs to sink vertically down five stories in your lobby. But that's, that's simple. We can do that. We've got people who rig professionally. We can do that. And, um, you know, that was a real pain in the ass. We lost so much time trying to plan that, tr trying to plan for that. So I would say I like animations because you know that you're going to get stuff done at the end of the day. There's no chance the project's going to be canceled in the, in the mid flow. Right. A documentary is so much more speculative. So I don't know. It's a really long winded way of answering your question, but I've had three cups of tea during the time we've been talking. So now I'm on like full caffeine blowout. Oh, so you're buzzing. You're buzzing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, they're, so they're like two different They're animals. very similar. Um, yeah, and the same kind of project mindset goes into planning. But yeah, I think, I think animation, they're smaller projects. But yeah. with animation, there's so many other parts to it too, right? Like how much am I going to do? How much are other people, is other people going to do of the actual creation stuff? Whereas with documentaries, I, I do most of the creation stuff and then the people that work on them tend to be, you know, people who are facilitating my creation or the creation I'm collaborating on with someone else. So, yeah, yeah, it's 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 yeah. a it's different. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. Are you? Do you? Do you? Would you rather? So, with a documentary, are you mostly? 
is that like solo work or do you bring in people for those? Well, days? every, every film I've done, let me think here, going back to 2006. Yeah. 2006 is probably the last time I, I, I did a film that wasn't a collaboration of some kind. So I'm, I'm almost always working okay, with yeah. somebody. Um, and sometimes it's, so animation or no animations is more more me um documentary is is almost always oh. a co-production the last two films that i did one was a documentary one was a like an, an art film short uh, they were um co-directed uh between myself and a partner that i worked with in canada before we left and that that sort of thing so yeah no i, I don't tend to work independently as yeah. a as a as a as a documentary maker or as a filmmaker I mean, I do have my alter ego, yeah. whose name shall not be mentioned, um, and uh, that alter ego and I have <laughs> "quote unquote" collaborated on certain really, really weird projects. That that happens sometimes. So even when you can't collaborate, you can <laughs> yeah. collaborate with with your yeah, with your alter. That's one ego. way of saying it. The other way of saying it is, cool. <laughs> oh my god, I've got an insanely <laughs> yeah. stupid idea, but I need to do it, and I can't release it under my name so i'll just release it under my alter ego's name <laughs> and then you can just bounce it off your alter ego what do you yeah think? I like that. good good we're gonna go with that okay yeah, it's we'll the fine line between split personality <laughs> and alter ego but yes i'll t I'll, I'll take that yeah <laughs> yeah um okay so then so before all this went down uh with, uh, right? with the virus and that stuff you were you were going to be back like you were going to be coming yeah back we were going to be right? in canada today Today was the day we were going to land in Toronto. Yeah, we had tickets. I spoke wow. to WestJet this morning, actually, about what it's going to look like to, to rejig our tickets and get them out. Can you imagine the airlines? We have friends that were going to go on this really awesome vacation and uh, they can't get any of their money back. Um, and what are, what are they doing for you guys? Anything? Like, or are they just kind of... Yeah, it? yeah it's postponed. Um, <laughs> The funds that we paid them are in a credit bank, which we can apply to future flights. But, I mean... Okay. Well, yeah, else. yeah. I mean, Airbus has announced today that there's a 50%... No, sorry. Airbus has announced today that there's a very good chance they will not be able to survive this upcoming depression that the economy is going to have. So that means, like, 50% of the airplanes in the sky are not going to have the required maintenance crew to work on them, which means that like 50% of the planes that airlines own aren't going to be able to fly. So like I was worried about like, hey, are airlines going to go bankrupt? And now it's just like, oh, surely they are if their planes go down. So there's this whole like conspiracy theory out there about like, um, you know, the last time there was a Great Depression in America, just for example, there were lots of little tiny banks, little private banks. You could open a bank, you could go to the landlord at the corner of George and Simcoe Street and say, I'd like to open a bank in this tiny little spot. And they'd say, sure. And then the Great Depression happened and it knocked out all the tiny ones and created the system of like seven big banks, right? That's and, and like there's this theory out there that the little airplane companies or no little airlines, um, that they're gonna get knocked out and that it's gonna go to this point where we have five major international airlines that service the whole world and the ticket prices are going to be really, really high. It's possible or air flight will become super dangerous you know like who knows because because they won't be able to maintenance the planes i don't know if you can fly an airbus plane in the sky if airbus yeah. has gone bankrupt so anyway sorry that's a that's a yeah. lot of information for you see that no that that part of things uh 
the whole recession, like the Great Depression kind of thing that people are talking about, um, it freaks me right out, especially for the arts, because it's, it's sometimes the first thing to, to go. But um, I, I think about down here, because I mean, Hunter Street down here is full of restaurants, and they've actually done a really good job about, you know, takeout, and you can still come through right. and grab food and go home. Um, but they're saying like less than 10% of, of the service industry, like the restaurants and stuff are going to survive. Um, but, and then, and you think, what does that do to a whole city? Like, what does that do to Peterborough? Sure. What does that do to downtown? What is that? Like, yeah. What's the ripple effect of that? Yeah. That whole thing. Absolutely. Yeah. It's free, it freaks me out. Like it's out of anybody's power. But well, it's wow. not out of government power. Yeah, but it just depends. Like, hope. Hopefully, the government could come forward no. and just say, "Okay, we will support these businesses because we recognize that they're essential to the the communities." Hopefully, because like, yeah, they're doing a lot of great things now. I, yeah, yeah, I've heard for that. that right now. Like they're 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 paying they're paying seventy five percent of of rent, or they're they're organizing it so that they don't basically restaurants and stuff don't have to pay. They only have to pay 25%. I heard that. Yeah. That's so wonderful. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So things like that, like there's cool initiatives going on um, and there's great things happening for even artists now, like there's funding. And so, yeah, hopefully it's enough to keep things rolling. Right. Like, yeah. Well, you could, one, one option would be to have a back, a backup plan. So, Imagine, I mean, the International Monetary Fund has said there's going to be a depression that is the size of the Great Depression. So that's that's basically like, <laughs> I don't know. It's like the judge saying you're going to jail. It's not like anyone's going to come forward mm-hmm. and be like, but wait, there's another perspective. Um, I mean, that is that is exactly what appealing yeah. is. But obviously, the International Monetary Fund is not 100% of the decider of these things. But anyway, you couldn't get a more credible source saying there's going to be a depression. So ask yourself, okay, what did artists do during the depression last time? Find a way to adapt and turn your practice into something that can be used during that period. Uh, even if it's yeah. not going to be as bad, you'll be yeah. this person who has this really wacky idea and you don't have to frame it as, I did it because I thought we were going to enter a great depression. You can say it as like, I did it because yeah. it was an idea that came to me. I don't know. It's going to be really, really weird. Yeah. And I'm, no, yeah, I'm seeing a lot of a lot of great things happening on that end with artists, like like really doing an awesome job pivoting on nice. on other things. And because when you're forced to, when you're yeah, when you're forced to, you just um, sometimes when your back's up against the wall, you you all of a sudden have these um, incredible ideas that come to you that you, you know you wouldn't have tapped into That's before. Right. Either, That's right? true. So. It's really depressing. Um, so. <laughs> We, well, it is and it's not. See, that's, I, I flip-flop all the time because I'm like, being an artist, it's like, um, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's scary as hell. Um, but like I said earlier, it's also an opportunity to do cool things and try new things. And um, we're kind of all, mm-hmm. all Does in the... the same boat. So it is, it is what you choose to, it is what you choose to do. With the yeah, that's, right that's now, true. That's true. Yeah. Is the joy that art creates great yeah. enough to conquer the demon of your fear? That's, that's the balance, right? Is your, is your fear winning or is your joy winning? Oh, I like that. And uh, 
Yeah. yeah I mean, the value yeah. for art could, could potentially oh, go like up, that. right? You could become an, an art collector. Uh, never mind. What am I talking about? Uh, anyway, so good. Good, good, good. Good, good. <laughs> so we'll, we'll, we'll wrap it up here in a second. Oh, no. I what I usually I get people to end. do uh, okay. is at the end kind of give. Oh, yeah, I have God. no idea what you're you about to tell me. I don't know. No, you just a piece of advice for so anybody <laughs> coming up in uh, okay. your industry or I knew oh. I knew you'd love this. So a piece of advice for someone say pick, you can pick anything. So say a filmmaker coming up or an animator or a piece whatever. of advice. Okay. What would what advice would you um, give? Oh, Jason, that's a tough one. Um, yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, never close your eyes and imagine the world is what you think it was, think it is because yesterday is not the same as today. So adapt, adapt, adapt. Don't decide that, that the, the, the marketplace that the audience is the same as it was yesterday. Cause it isn't like white bulb, the animation company, <laughs> that I started. <laughs> Sorry, it just sounds kind of weird. Just be like, hmm, at the end of this, I'll just introduce my company. It, its name is White Bulb because we did oh, whiteboard yeah. videos, right? At a time when people were already saying like, oh, whiteboard videos, uh, right? But we were like, yeah, you know what? It's a pretty simple thing to do and it's actually kind of fun and you can sort of do them in your living room. I mean, we eventually upscaled it, but like the first videos we made were shot in the living room with film lights, like casting horrible shadows on the hands and stuff. Um, Within two years, yeah. I would say 50% of the people who contacted us were just like, we're sick of the whiteboard style. And I would sometimes convince them that the whiteboard style is the best one to, to do, but I was ready to adapt. And I'm not saying I was great at this, but like pivot, 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 pivot all the time. Like get ready for someone to change their mind in the middle of their sentence when they're asking you for something and be ready with an alternative plan. Because especially if the world's going to become more uncertain your adaptability is going to be your greatest asset so don't rest on your laurels stay ready to adapt yeah i think that's probably the best answer i've had good job oh we're no, going I'm back not, to blowing no, smoke up kidding. each other's asses okay and that's great makes, it, jason it, wilkins this is the best podcast i've yeah, ever heard no i i wouldn't <laughs> Listen, Michael. You know I what? I think I know that about you because you are the most <laughs> honest person I have ever met. See how I just pivoted that? Um, yeah. No, I think it's true. And I, I'm happy that there you gave go. me the chance to More say smoke. that because honestly, I, I, when you started talking, I was just like, oh, God, what am I going to say to this? It's like you literally choose like the moment before <laughs> a Great Depression to ask people like, what's your advice? <laughs> but no, it's true. Yeah. Adapt. Seriously, do? always adapt. Yeah. When I saw the night kitchen at the Peterborough farmer's market when we were back doing like a portable wood stove oven thing. I was just like, you oh, are a miracle to uh, humanity. What an incredible adaptation of your business. And I love it. And I think that kind of uh, thing is just super cool. Super, super cool. And very, and everybody has to think like that. So what are you going to do, Jason? I'm going to, and you know, at the end of all my podcasts, so I turn to the hosts and I say, what are you going to do? What are you going to do to stay relevant? What's, what's a change that you're going to make? Because you are a master of pivoting as well. You've been doing like 1,600 different types of art. And I know you want to go, but I'm going to pin you to the floor and make you answer this. No, I don't want to go. Let's keep So uh, I've always had the mind of you have to keep yep. 
you have to have several doors open, right? So if any of them close, if any of them close, you have one or two that are still there and still open, you still do stuff. So like the event side of my company mm-hmm. is right. no longer at the moment, right? Obviously. Um, so there's still, there's still the digital illustration side. There's still, um, who knows, animation, who knows, right? Like uh, there's virtual teaching. There's all kinds of stuff that, that nice. I'm still doing that I still, that I still want to do. Um, so that's what I mean is wh- when I feel conflicted as far as like, this is, this is a horrible time, but also a time where, yeah, yeah. you can double down on the things you've got going, right? So um, that's kind of what I'm going to do, I think. And yeah, there's still a space for us, especially now. Like if, if this were to happen in any other time, we wouldn't have the opportunities we have. Like mm. the internet changes everything. Um, people can can start anything. Great businesses exactly. were born in times like these too. So just because people people had to Absolute. get creative, there's no yeah. other option. So I think um yeah, I think it's it's you just have to like you said, you just have to be open and uh, and, and yes. be ready to I like change. that. That's a good answer. I've got a proposition for you. If I if I ever get back to Canada, which is a big yep. if right now, um, <laughs> like to be honest, like we're yeah. we're ready to die here. That's that's the honest truth. It's terrifying, but it's like we're ready to die here now. Um, but if we get back to Canada, you and I are going to start a business where we start creating modern cave paintings. You know, you ever you ever seen how a cave painting, when you move the torch in front of it, how it seems to animate and that like the whole like the wall of the cave swimmers isn't yes. a single picture to be taken in at once. It's meant to be highlighted with the movement of the of the uh, of the torch. Right. The exactly. So with what the, I know and what you yeah, know, exactly. we will start uh, a company called Cave Paintings 2020. And because the Internet's going to collapse. And we're, solar flares are going to strike us down, Jason. Yeah. <laughs> Can I make fun of that conspiracy theory? I'm just going to make fun of it yeah. for a second. Jason, That's a one-mile-long right. solar flare is going to strike the, the city, and it's going to destroy everything. And, and you and I and a few other scavengers, <laughs> after we cut through the zombies, are going to end up in Warsaw Caves. And um, we're going to go down there, and we're going to create cave paintings of this time. Because what is more important than telling the future of what we it's what a, we learned. It's another this time. door we're going to open. That's it, right? <laughs> you sound so enthusiastic, so enthusiastic, right? Very good, very good, very good. I I'll, I'll finish with this because this is important, and I don't think I'm going to live enough to do this. But um, I you know the Rosetta Stone. I know it. Okay, you know what that no, is? Not Rosetta 100%. Stone. Like I've heard it so many times, but yes, go ahead. Okay, that's that's cool. I'm probably going to be wrong about this because I, I don't I don't study things before I say them. I mean, I mean, I, I did once, but that was years ago. So the Rosetta Stone was a piece of um, black stone. I should probably know the name uh, that they that Napoleon's army apparently found in Egypt. That was it had three languages on it saying the same thing. It had, I don't know, Greek uh, hieroglyphics and maybe new Egyptian. I don't, I don't know. There were three languages. I'm terrible. I shouldn't be telling the story. So. It was the moment we learned how to translate hieroglyphics because for the first time we had a, a key that showed us how to translate that old language. Before that, it was just pictures on a wall. And so that was the birth of modern Egyptology. So 
We now have so much material that doesn't biodegrade all around us. You could grab like a hard industrial plastic and you can be certain that it's going to retain its form and shape for thousands of years. We need to start etching in the lessons that we're about to learn into these tablets and taking them to mountaintops and placing them there. <laughs> Mostly because it's kind of a fun activity. But also, what if what, if what you write down gets discovered by somebody and they get to read in several languages. Pick, pick like 15 languages that are being spoken today and put them all on these tablets and tell the same quick story. We forgot about keeping distance. We forgot about sanitation. We started getting too intimate. We all started dying. We, the economy was based on things we thought could never die. They died. We built toxic buildings. When they collapsed, we were killed. You know what I mean? Like we built nuclear reactors thinking that that was, was something we could contain later. We, we basically said to our great grandchildren, fuck you, you can right. solve the problems. And that killed us. You know what I mean? Like just write some of these lessons down on tablets, make 50 of them and go to high places that, you know, will survive, you know, certain kinds of destruction and, uh, and do that. And it sounds like an insane idea, but if I'm, I'm hoping that I can say it here and Somebody, someone will somebody's going to do that. And, uh, and what do you think about that? I hope so. Cause I was going to do it, but I can't climb mountains <laughs> and I, uh, and I, yeah, I probably shouldn't be the one writing it. Uh, I'm too that's a good idea because, uh, yeah, you can pick up like anything, any, any kind of like, you're right. Cause, uh, we have a big problem that way too, where it's like, there's so much shit lying around that we could just like, why not use it? That's into it. Well, like, it's absurd to me. Like we, we, we move so quickly with technology that we don't realize what we're skipping over. There's so much like possibility opportunity in the mm -hmm. steps we've skipped with our leaps and jumps into the future. Like you've got a laser cutter that can etch, you know, any file you want. And you've got so much PVC piping that you could literally just grab some PVC piping and etch in the same file into a thousand tubes and yeah. have that done in a day. Like that, that is easy to do, easy to do. And maybe costs you a thousand bucks for a thousand dollars and two years of your time traveling to parts of the world that you can get to in whatever condition we're in to get to the tops of mountains, to put these things down would be kind of cool. So, you know, I just thought after saying something to you that you celebrated as being the best answer in your show, I would say something that is the stupidest thing <laughs> you've ever had you said on your show. Just to even okay, good. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit! Yay! Well, yay! So what, what are you doing? What are you doing with the rest of your your week? You've finished with this. What? It's a lot. Yeah, of home the rest time. of your week. What does it look like for you? It's a lot of staying home at time. home. Social distancing. It's again Good. one of those things. that's weird because nice. um, it's a it's a weird time, but it's also been really cool to be home, like just to be home. And but it also feels like Groundhog Day. So you're like up. Yeah. Same. Like yeah. aside from the you know different activities with Cali or whatever I'm doing. It's like, it feels weird. It feels like you're living the same day over and over. Um, yeah. It's bizarre. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's one thing that art makes more entertaining, right? Is like, at least if it's the well, same yeah, project I, you're waking up to, you're at a different stage. Going on. Like still working and still doing stuff from home, but um, yeah, it's a big giant pause button on a lot of things. Right. But it, but it does really put into Absolutely. perspective a lot of things. Like just like uh, for the first, I would say the first two weeks of this, where I was home, I was like 
so super antsy and I couldn't sit still. My mind was racing. I'm like, what are we going right. to do? What are we going to do? And then when you realize you have no choice and you have to settle in, it's like, okay. Then you calm down a bit and you can start enjoying kind of some of it. We're just being with family and yeah. Yeah. It's been nice that way. It's been nice that way for sure. So that's my week and then some work. Roughly. But yeah. Yep. I agree. Right on. I, I love it. I think it's really good. Enjoy Canada. Enjoy being in Canada. Um, you too. And, yeah. Thanks so much. Keep secure. Uh, Keep safe. Thanks everyone for listening. Um, I'm going to still say thanks to Publican, even though I don't have a beer on me right now, but thanks Publican. And they're, they're still going strong. Lots of businesses down here are still going strong and uh, helping, helping each other out, which is good. So. What, what can people oh, do to get Publican beer on their, their doorstep? Way. Yeah, yeah. Oh, one person. <laughs> really? One person you can time, walk into a. You can go okay. in. Sorry. That said, there's, yes. there's breweries all across, like all around here, that are doing like a porch drop offs. So if anyone's Jones and Frank. Yeah. Why should not? should Publican do porch drop offs? Yeah. Everyone should get beer when they want beer, Michael. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a dick. <laughs> I think so. I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. Thank you. Right. Okay, well, stay safe safe and uh, thank you for for this opportunity. I hope it wasn't too great.